Wagwan, it's Fit Food Radio, and this is Matt Whitmore with the absolutely gorgeous Keris Marsden. Hello, Keris. Hello. And it's episode number 57. Did I say that already? No, I didn't. Did I not? Well, there you go. It's episode number 57. Guys, cracking episode for you. We've got some awesome questions that have come in. Uh, so thank you to all the people that have emailed us. We're actually getting quite a lot now. So many that we, we can't even cover them all in a podcast, but we do try our very, very best. But uh, Keris, what's been going on? We've been busy. What hasn't been going on? <laughs> we have managed to launch a membership site, which is exciting, Fitter365. That is very exciting. That, it, that was a lot of work. <laughs> it was indeed. <laughs> Technology is always a lot of work. I have also launched a sister podcast. I know, without me. <laughs> Charming. <laughs> Sorry. The branch off has started. We've launched Fit Girls Talk with the lovely Sarah Doyle, who runs uh, The Better Life Project. She's a life coach. Who's uh, been on the show. People yeah, should, she has uh... actually, hasn't she? Yeah. I can't remember what episode <laughs> It wasn't now. even that long ago, Keris. I know. Shocking. I think it's episode 55. We decided to launch one so that we could do a bit more girly nattering, because I know that men and women think very differently and women can talk at length about topics that men are not really that interested in. And we just thought there's a lot of women out there that probably need a bit of moral support, guidance, um, and could just benefit from hearing a nutritional therapist and personal trainer talk to another, um, where she's a life coach and a personal trainer, which I didn't know until we ran the podcast. And a strength enthusiast. Oh my God, she's one of the strongest women. She's an animal. Ever come across. Looks like a kitten. She looks amazing. Trains like a beast. Yeah, she does. She squats. Oh, she has squat 133, I think 133 kilos is her PB. It's insane. That is immense. I, <laughs> I think I would struggle to do 33 kilos. That's the embarrassing bit. But you haven't actually got the podcast up yet, have you? No, so we've, we've recorded over six episodes and we're just getting them all up into the sky. <laughs> That's all I know. You're getting them up into the sky. We send them off to Rob Lewis, our amazing podcast editor, and then... He does things and then they're there in the sky. Waiting. People can download them. Well, they're not there yet, are they? No, he's doing it. He's putting them in the sky and then they they come down from the sky and land on your phone. (laughs) You sound a little bit bonkers. That's that's (laughs) the extent of my um, technological understanding of of podcasting and where where they get hosted, etc. They're out there. Yeah. Somewhere. Uh, So it's called Fit Girls Talk. And I must admit, guys, I've actually been here on a couple of occasions when... They've been recording them, but Sarah's, of course, over in uh, Ireland, uh, so they do it via Skype, as you can imagine. She's got a lovely accent. She has got a very soothing voice, yeah. I say. I do like um, Irish and, and <clears throat> Scottish accents. I think they're. I like. I like Welsh actually as well. I think they're wonderful. Do you like uh, South East London? I was going to reply like, <laughs> "All right, mate." <laughs> <laughs> That's um, a no. Yeah, <laughs> moving um, on. Because I must admit, like I've been in the background, kind of working away whilst they've been doing their episodes and it is quite cool to listen to actually because it is just a good old natter with a real educational aspect so there's plenty to learn but at the same time it's just you two having a good old sometimes we forget we're recording a podcast she keeps forgetting and swearing a lot but it's funny because it's all right to be an explicit yeah, one it's just as other people swear but yeah we do forget and uh, and i've just learned loads from her because i've always got my head in in you know like the nutrition stuff and you know, training is, is a passion of mine, but there's just some bigger, bigger issues that you just, I've never really tapped into. And she's really made me realize that about how you, how women feel about their bodies, self-esteem, confidence. And, and sometimes a lot of what you're doing with your nutrition and training is actually trying to fix a little bit of, a bit of brokenness in you about 
you know how you look and how you mm. feel about your body um, and she's got some great strategies I always need strategies I need I need tactics when I speak to people about this sort of thing so when someone like coaches can be a little bit um, out there sometimes can't they you find this as well and they can draw on experiences that you can't really relate to whereas with Sarah I find she draws on personal experiences but then she gives you steps um, it's why I like Paul Watson he does the same so he'll say things like get up in the morning do your gratitude log, you know, attitude of gratitude, write three things down that you're grateful for. Sarah's the same. She puts happiness slots on your timetable. That sounds a bit wrong, but... <laughs> happiness slots. Yeah. So you pencil in your diary each week and you put something that you genuinely love and enjoy. Be happy now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be happy Smile. from 12 to 1. Yeah. <laughs> but she said, like, put it in and make it a priority. And, and we don't do that. We... we we love our business and we, we run a business, so we'll be, get so busy that by the end of the week, all we've done is work. But I actually think most people are guilty of not doing enough for themselves. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people could, could benefit from being a little bit more selfish in a way. Not in a horrible way, not just like, you know, not, not doing anything or caring for yeah. anybody else. But I think a lot of people go out of their way so much so for everyone else. You know, especially mums. You oh, know, yeah, definitely. Mums who want to look after their family, kids and yeah. their partner and the rest of their family. It's so selfless. And then you're like, well, when was the last time you had a 30-minute soak in a bath? Yeah. And just switched off. Oh, oh can't, can't remember the last time no. I've done that. When was the last time you just chilled out with a book with a bit of peace and quiet? You know, didn't yeah. do that. Mums so. always think the minute, well, from what I've seen, the minute they get time out, <clears> they should then address exercise themselves and nutrition and, you know, sort of, again, just, just not always, and it's not always a positive thing. Like, it's been driven by, oh, I should do this. You know, mm-hmm. I've got half an hour off. But yeah, I was just going to say, what would go in your happiness slot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but what would you pencil in? <laughs> it's getting even worse. Each week. <laughs> to, 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 to say, oh, I'm going to put time aside and do that because that's going to make me feel awesome. Well, you know what? I must admit, I'm, I mean, I'm in a really good place in my training right now. And, and I know that the obvious answer for a lot of people is, is training. But yeah. for me... My training for so long kind of wasn't within my control. In the, I was training, I was I was training for a release because you know just to kind of get away from work and whatever. However, I got into this really bad habit of. I mean, I keep my phone with me when I train, but purely just to time my rest periods. Yeah. However, I went through this really bad habit of leaving my phone on, leaving the internet on. Checking emails in between sets, responding to questions in the Facebook groups in between sets, getting distracted. I might read an email that stressed me out a little bit or something that needs to be done and then I can't stop thinking about it and I cut a workout short or whatever it may be. But I'm not in my workout as I should be. It's no longer Matthew time. You know what I mean? But I'm in a really good place now where I go to the gym and I actually train. (laughs) I don't have any internet on my phone. I just have it on there, just like I said, just to time my rest in between set. And, and I'm just genuinely using the gym time as my time now. You know, I'm, I, there's not that distraction of work or other stresses. You know, I'm, I'm just fully focused on the workout in hand. And that makes a huge difference to me. So real training would be mine, you know, and, and actually loving it. I mean, I wrote a blog, blog post last week about actually having the excitement back for your training. And I feel that I've got that again. Now give me a non-training one though, because sometimes yeah. So say you woke up a bit tired and just needed a lift of some sort. Uh, so no, you shouldn't train that day, but you want to do something to put, put a well, smile on your face. Well, if it's a nice day, going for a walk with you and Hamish is always lovely. Always lovely. Or uh, if if I've got the time, I might invest in a in a massage. Always nice. Yeah. You know, but that's time and money. But so, but as the occasional treat, and and actually, I've got into you don't laugh. Um, 
you know, I've just got back into reading a little bit again. <laughs> <laughs> the lion's birthday. <laughs> the lion's birthday party. No, but I mean, um, is it, you know, like um, just not even necessarily work-related books, whereas before I'd only kind of read... Yeah, training books. You know, stuff that's like stuff, on yeah. training, nutrition, whatever. You know, so in a way, it's almost still, you still, it's still got that buzz in your brain of work and, oh, oh this, this, I can do this, I can do that, or this yeah. is great for so-and-so, this client, that client. Whereas actually reading books that aren't related to that necessarily is, is quite nice because it just takes your mind off things a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Well, what about you? Do you know what? I'm really getting into um, uh, yoga at the moment. And when I say yoga, you think, oh, well, that's exercise as well. But actually, I've been doing a few classes where you do very little except focus on um, breath work, <laughs> lots of, like, chilled postures. Yeah. And some, re- some of them do some weird chanting stuff. I don't know that I'm quite there yet, but... <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, basically. But, yeah, I'm finding it, like, it's, it's, it's not exercise in that it doesn't really challenge me that much, um, but it feels really nice to... I do it in, like, it's hot yoga, but it's not like Bikram heart it's just warm and so you, you you're warm you're sweating but there's a lot of talking you through like um meditation almost so like just <clears throat> shutting down your to-do list and all the distractions in your head and just being in the moment and I, I love it and like I said sometimes it starts and I feel a bit guilty like it's <laughs> not really exercise <laughs> and I have to like go no but do you know what this feels lovely feels like a massage that's the best way I can you, put it do, do you know what though because you know when we went we went to yoga a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah, we did. On a Sunday. I mean, I took a bit of persuading, admittedly, but I trained pretty hard that week, so I wasn't really in a, in the mood to train. And I thought, well, actually, it's a nice day. We could go yoga together, and then we'll go lunch, etc. When I first got there, I remember why I hate yoga now, because it's dull, it's boring. <laughs> and, you know, and I was just laying there for the first five minutes uh, thinking about work and just not, not enjoying it at all. But then all of a sudden, as, as momentum built up, I said to you, didn't I, afterwards, I was actually, I can't even remember what I thought about during that session because I was so focused on my balance and the the, the position, the, I mean, dare I call it a stretch, (laughs) you know, whatever, you know, yogis call it poses, is it poses? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I gave it my best shot, I was... You were awesome, you were really incredible. Yeah, I was pretty awesome. No, but you were because (laughs) when you walked in, the instructor looked at you and I think she thought you were going to be terrible at this and then... She, I saw her like smiling at you a few times because like you, you were, you were good. Like you were sweating buckets, but you were. Oh, I, was, I was the only one. It wasn't even hot yoga. It was normal yoga. yoga. And I was sweating like mad. But one thing I'd say about yoga is, I, years ago, I would never. I went, when I was all about running and, and kettlebells and hit training, I just couldn't buy into it. I couldn't understand it, and it's taken me so long to come around to actually understanding it. And actually, what's helped is studying. Um, naturopathy because naturopathy draws on alternative medicine which sort of links in with Chinese medicine and meridian points and pressure points and and parts of the body and it all links back to yoga a little bit as well so there's a lot of gland squeezing there's a lot of activating points (laughs) in the body but there is and and like and there's a lot of the breathing is so detoxifying and I never realized that until um reading a book by a doctor I know because we don't do it Yeah, but also we don't breathe properly. We breathe from our chest, don't we? We don't breathe from like deep belly breathing. Yeah. And I like have noticed. um, I sometimes find it hard, and that's because I'm actually clenching my stomach Mm. all the time because I'm in like tension tension mode all the time. So that's been amazing. To but but what I say to people is really persevere with finding a teacher that that just you connect with because it makes a big difference. And and some of them that I 
been to their classes use really cool soundtracks and it's quite a lively class mm. and quite fast and you get a sweat on and that's a bit of a workout and some like I said it's literally today one of the movements he did was holding your right nostril pushing it in and what? breathing with your left because it was like breathe so hard that your belly fills with air and you and to be able to do that just through one nostril you're using all of your chest and core like you have to and you have to sit really straight when you're doing it and yeah. I know you, you probably think what, what what on earth but Again, if you understand anatomy, it's, it does make a lot of sense because we don't breathe properly, we don't sit properly, we don't activate core muscles because we're slouched all the time. Yeah. So I'm just starting to find that really helpful. And I know my core <clears throat> my core seems strong because I can do loads of kettlebell stuff and, and planks and stuff, but when you see me sit and stand, my core's not that, that good. You, know, you can see me slouch, you can see my pelvic tilt and stuff. So for me, posture-wise, I think it's amazing, but that's because I've found classes where the teachers are very precise i think ienga is the style that is very fixed on posture and, and getting your posture back in alignment um i haven't done ienga classes but there are teachers that are in there literally coming over and you know like tweaking your hips a little bit and um making you do the high plank in perfect alignment and stuff and it, it's it just makes a big difference so don't write off yoga if you have already or you've been and not enjoyed but I think it as well, explore though, you, it yeah but with yoga critique yoga generally not yoga itself, more so a lot of the people that do it. It's almost like a lot of a lot of people that do it are they're, they're out and out yogis, and they almost you know shake their head in utter dismay at the thought of lifting a weight. You know what I mean? Whereas I think it's actually quite cool to be able to strike a balance. Oh, definitely. And I think yeah. it's actually getting more popular now, to like do com- that. combining like you know strength based work yoga-based work and don't get me wrong i know there's a lot of postures and whatnot that you know you need a lot of strength to be able to do like some of the advanced people i look at online it's insane but then equally i think there is room to combine both i mean i will never be a yogi as you can imagine no but But i think you'd really benefit i felt the benefit from from it that that sunday for sure yeah no i agree and i think there are some really um you know some really cool people out there alex k is a friend of ours who does kettlebells and some of the stuff he's been doing oh yeah follow follow him on instagram alex k yeah yoga bells i mean because i don't even know how long he's been doing the yoga because he's i mean he's always been into training like kerry said but some of the stuff he does is, is is phenomenal, so definitely check him out. But without running the risk of making this a, a yoga episode, <laughs> I could talk about that. Um, just very quickly, girls talk, fit girls talk, yeah, podcast. For so that. you you've you've got chatting to someone and you tell them that you're doing a podcast with Sarah Dog called Fit Girls Talk, and they say, "Oh, great! Well, what's that about then? How would you say it to them?" Oh, I hate elevator pitches. I would say uh, (laughs) two cool, experienced, friendly women talking about their journey um, across health and offering. Oh God, I'm just rubbish at this. You suck. I know, I know. But basically, we talk about about exercise, hormones, nutrition, happiness, confidence, shopping, boyfriends, everything together. And we give different perspectives and we bring it back to health. And we take, we just do a big, big holistic picture of... So it's like a, a fitness version of Sex and the City. It is, actually, yeah. There you go. Very influenced. Hook right by, I'm addicted to <laughs> Gossip Girl and Sex and the City, so I launched my own version about health. So there's no Prosecco in this one. Except at weekends. Yeah, except at weekends. Um, right, awesome. So, no, I, I'm really looking forward to that coming out, actually. I think it's going to be hugely popular. <laughs> if like you that. get caught listening to Fit Girls Talk... Well, I, 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 well, I'm, I'm normally, I listen to it live, <laughs> yeah, normally. True. I'm here in the background. 
Um, but guys, as Keris mentioned earlier, uh, we've been working on our Theatre 365 membership site, which we put together. Uh, it's been something we've actually been talking about for a long, long time because we wanted a platform where we could share awesome information with people, but we wanted it to be as accessible as possible because there is a ton of free information out there, don't get me wrong, but then equally there's a lot of things out there that for some uh, are quite out of their reach financially. So we wanted it to be something that was incredibly cost-effective to where the value was so good people would feel silly not to go for it. Um, It's a membership site that's absolutely jam-packed with training programs, nutrition plans, recipes. Um, The big one for us, though, is the educational webinars um, because, you know, as we've always said, you know, education is king. The more you know, the more you can understand, the easier it is to implement things and and make positive change. Um, But the key with the the membership site, essentially, is that it's it's, it's a (laughs) group. It's a grower. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's... That's a good elevator pitch. <laughs> What's your membership site? Well, it's a grower. It's a grower. Um, you know, because each month we're just going to add more and more content, uh, right, as opposed to just kind of being there. And it's month one. It's already launched. Uh, we had an amazing response, didn't we? Yeah, um, Quite, quite an overwhelming response, in fact. And, and some of the private messages that we've had and the emails that we've got of... I can't even explain it been incredibly touching haven't they yeah they've been amazing I think because we we yeah we, were, we weren't sure um you know what sort of person we, we we sort of questioned what sort of person would would want this website for a long time uh, but it turns out it's everybody so it's experienced fit foodies who come to the academy who follow podcasts and know their stuff have qualifications themselves but just want to you know sort of be part of a big community yeah. and continue to grow because I'm continuing all the time to grow my knowledge and then I'm just translating it all hopefully in layman's terms in in 365 which is and through my blogs and stuff as well but it's sometimes people just need different mediums of, of I think as well like I don't know about you but because a, a bit of a worry <clears throat> excuse me that we did have in all honesty whilst we you know, we feel incredibly confident in what we do, you know, because we are incredibly passionate about what we do and we've invested a lot of time, effort, money in, in our learning and experience. That, But you can't help but worry that, you know, we're putting together a site that, don't get me wrong, has got some amazing information, but you start thinking, well, I mean, there's so much information out there for free. Like, why are we so special? Why are people going to want to pay us nine ninety nine a month to kind of have access to that information? But, Something I've learned is is that you know the 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 magic of kind of having everything in one place oh, yeah. is amazing. It's invaluable. You could just go onto one site and you've got webinars about everything you need to know about proteins, fats, and carbs, um, optimizing female hormones, male hormones, fertility. You know all that kind of stuff. Loads of awesome training plans to kind of inspire you. Whether you're a member of a gym, whether you just train at home with your own dumbbells or just your own body weight or outside. If you're a complete beginner or someone's been training for a long time there literally is something there for everybody and the other exciting thing we're going to do because i know i i sign up to a lot of webinars and then i forget <laughs> when the <laughs> webinars come round. i'm like oh god i was supposed to be on a webinar or so, a lot of the ones we sign up to are even like in america or australia or something like that crazy o'clock yeah so we're actually getting guest 
people uh, guest uh, webinars from people like Emma My Hill, for example. So all the people that have been on the podcast that you guys have really loved are going to come and do guest presentations yeah. in the site, and then they'll be uploaded. So it is a bit like Matt said, just a one-stop shop where you can just park all your nutrition resources in a way mm. and just know that they're there. And we're doing lots of... Um, when I've been working with clients, there was quite a demand for like cheat sheets just to simplify stuff. And yeah. uh, once I started with those, I got really into it. I was like, oh, this is quite interesting. And you get carried away just with um, like little cartoons and all sorts of stuff, trying to make information a bit more accessible. But what's amazing is people can print those off, stick them on the fridge, share them with the family, share them with friends even, that they're trying to persuade about you know, changing their nutrition. And just little things like people said, I don't want to have to weigh my food and I don't want to have to you know, logging um, software. So we we did a cheat sheet on what does um, a serving of carbs look like. So, you know, and, and really quick ways to establish that in sweet potato, in, in dates, in an apple, and, you know, and how much... Um, so you can hit your carbohydrate targets if you have them, or you can just make sure that you're not sort of overdoing yeah. that macronutrient. And the feedback on that has been really, really lovely. And people have said, thank God, someone's just finally simplified all of that and haven't got to, you know, go down these complicated macronutrient programs and just know, um, you know, and equally we've done webinars and said, oh, just, just eat carbs at night. It's up to you. You know, there's different ways of doing it. So hopefully people can personalize fitter food a bit more for their lifestyle, their their fat loss goals. And, and again, if they're a family We've got Claire um, Harding, who's also been on the podcast, who's our fit food mentor, doing tons of family stuff. That'd be awesome. Like Claire's like super mum. Honestly, know, like I know I've got this. This is like the the the, the challenge coming for me and you. It's, it's, you know, it's just me and you doing it. It's not too bad. Well, admittedly, you count as three. So Which means like the meal prep. In terms of meal prep and and food and stuff, but when I've seen Claire, she's done some little videos in summer camp of how she cooks for her family of five, and it is immense. Like. It's brilliant, isn't it? Well, it's like, you know, she's a working mum. She's got a husband. She's got four kids. Yeah. You know, and she she just, she, she's like a superwoman. Yeah. It's amazing. So she's, like Kerry said, she's going to be doing tons of family stuff. But um, but it is a bargain. It's nine ninety nine a month, 33 pence a day. That's like a quarter of your daily coffee. I know. Well, Less than if you're buying a coffee in London, anyway. God, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, check it out. It's fitter365.com. Um, check out the page there. There's tons more information. And your first month is a pound. And you also get a free smoothie ebook uh, with that. So, it's a quid for your first month plus the ebook. And there is no joining fee. There's no cancellation fee. There's no minimum sign up period. You could literally sign up, get the free ebook, and then cancel your membership if you really wanted to. But you won't want to do that because there's so much awesome information on there that's just going to grow and grow each month that you'd be mad. You'd be mad not to. So high five, Keris. We've got it done. I'm proud of it. You're mm-hmm. proud of it. Um, actually, speaking of 365, what's been awesome is we've had a lot of people on there who have worked with us in the past um, on previous plans and whatnot. But we've also got a, a good chunk of people that are, in, are very, very new to fit a food, are just new generally to exercise uh making better food choices um and just to you know only just starting out on their journey and a big thing that we've been getting is how overwhelmed people feel now with because you know we mentioned earlier that there is so much information out there online which is fantastic however it can get a little bit overwhelming like you know even for us and other fit, fitness professionals you know it's it, it's overwhelming because one minute you read one thing then you read another thing and then you're like oh hold on and then you start looking to start for studies that support both of them and yada 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 so 
you can imagine how kind of a everyday folk might feel with all the information of i think the big one is now you know you know people are still fearful of fats but people are also fearful of carbs <laughs> what do you eat yeah you know, it's like, well, just eat protein just eat protein oh but then there's leaves. red meat causes cancer as well oh, yeah. so just eat fish yeah fish and spinach oh but then there's Gosh. mercury in the sea oh so. no there you go you buggered <laughs> don't eat at all <laughs> just drink coffee yeah. um <laughs> But, you know, so a big thing that we've had uh, for a lot of people that have just signed up is, you know, like, where do I start? <laughs> you know, like, I feel really overwhelmed by how much information there is. I really don't know what's the best for me. So I figured we could talk a little bit about that. You know, what, what would be some steps to give people when they are just starting out? Not So they don't feel overwhelmed and they actually feel like they've got a few actionable goals that they can put in without being like, oh, my God. Well, my, um, ah. <laughs> we have got a blog on this, um, like a beginner's guide. We did blog on like everything a, now, Yeah, I know. Beginner's Guide to Paleo. Tea Towels. Got a blog on them? <laughs> got a blog on them. Yeah. I only said that because there's a pile of tea towels next to us because we've just done the laundry. <laughs> um, anyway, that's such a random statement. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we have a blog on this, but one of the first bits of advice I said was not changing too much at once. In terms of your, say, macronutrients, for example, if you're on a high-carb diet, you don't necessarily come off a high carb diet because then you'll get carb flu and feel quite rough and probably not stick to that. But change the source of all of your macronutrients. So basically just go back to one processed food. So mm. if you're on a bit of a high carb diet, obviously um, you might be having like cereal for breakfast, sandwich for lunch, pasta for dinner. Um, just make some really simple swaps there. So um, breakfast instead... Big tip is always add protein to every single meal for any fat loss goal. Um, so breakfast might instead become something like, you know, sort of um, some berries and some yogurt maybe, um, some um, omelette with some potatoes in it. Um, so there is, there is still carbs in there. You know, you can add some fruit to yeah. it as well. Um, same for lunch. So, you know, it could be maybe just a baked sweet potato and a salad instead of having um, a sandwich. So go for what we call, like, uh, we call them carbs of choice or um, cock for short. <laughs> <laughs> um, this which is, is one of those episodes. <laughs> isn't it? So go for more like, a, a yeah, the carbs of choice, which we recommend. And then, so that's from a nutrition perspective. Drop out or decrease the nutritional, um, you know, the, the health hijackers. So that's like your alcohol and caffeine. And if you're having chocolate and sweets every day, you know, it's a no-brainer that you've got to start cutting back on those as well. If you want to go full full force, I'd do, you know, eliminate those. That They're sort of like the, the first thing that's got to go. Yeah. Then I would say increase your daily movement. Don't overcomplicate that. Um, it really should just be walking. So if you can just walk for um, an extra half hour to an hour a day, um, get off the bus and stop earlier, go out for, after work for a walk, walk before work. Um, everyone's got the time if they just rejig a few little things. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, after a couple of weeks of doing that, you might want to build in some basic bodyweight exercises um, as per your, your guidance on the 365 uh, or on the Facebook page if you don't want to sign up. There's loads of bodyweight workouts that you've been doing, which is like bodyweight squats, bodyweight press-ups. All of that stuff just to get muscles basically crying out for um, for energy, which will mean that that's where your all of your, your fat stores are going to be burnt off during the exercise. And if you do take on any carbs, they're going to be used to replenish muscles. So you do want to do some weight training. Um, next would be sleep for me. Just go for eight to nine hours. Make it a priority. Lastly, so this is like, oh, so that's, that's three things to do in your first month. And I'd say lastly, um, implement something every single day for 10 minutes that helps to change your mindset. So just make you happier, calmer person. Now that could be, hopefully that's not eating cake. (laughs) 
but it could be. Um, so something like going for a bath, um, getting your favourite magazine, shutting the door on all the noise in the house and just putting your feet up. Um, like you said, if you have the money, I love things like massage manual therapies, mm. but obviously they're expensive. So, you know, just, just spoiling yourself a little bit, calling your best mate. Again, my, one of my favourite things is literally just to go to bed early um, and take a book and um, or just listen to music and outside, sit on a bench, just put my favourite songs on and, and kick back and relax and do it every single day. But no, I do, I do. I agree with you. I think you know. I think first things first. Just replace place foods. Just replace foods with with nutrient dense foods. Yeah. You know, out out of the crap, in with the good stuff. Yeah. Don't don't overthink it about when to have carbs, when to have fats and proteins. Just just replace them. Like we, we even as I say, even in your first month, if it's a naked bar instead of a Mars bar, that's a step forward. Yeah. You know I mean, I know sugar, sugar, but let's like step by step change. At least it's a more nutrient dense bar. Yeah, it's got some fats in it. So. Whereas a Mars bar literally offers you sugar nothing yeah so that that could just be and then the next month do you not think though that the risk is is that people think a lot of people think not all you kind of almost need to go in all guns blazing in order to get results so we we sometimes come across people who have virtually not trained for years you've been eating a, a terrible diet for quite some time but then all of a sudden they want to cut everything out they want to go to the gym five times a week and it needs to be spin and they need to get into running and oh, hill sprints yeah. and boot camps and and it's because people kind of see it as the whole package like surely you can't do things one at a time because it makes sense to do everything at the same time <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. that makes perfect sense once you've got everything into place then yeah fantastic but we always say just try and focus on one thing at a time because we, we see this as a long-term plan, not a short-term solution. And trust me, if you go from doing nothing to just hammering yourself in the gym five times a week, not eating enough calories, you know, soon enough it's going to come and kick you up the arse. And... Well, it's just not sustainable because it's quite punishing. You know, if, you, if you're just a bit easier and nicer to yourself in terms of how you decide you're going to approach fat loss um, and, and just a bit more realistic, like you've said, and even if you, I would actually say, don't even expect to lose weight in the first month because so much is going on with... But most people do. Yeah, yeah, they do, but but some don't and then they get disheartened. And what I was going to say was so much goes on in the body in terms of healing and uh, nutrition and moving water and changing muscle to fat and people get obsessed with the scales. And what I would say is, you know, you, like give it 30 days and then what you might want to do is start tweaking it. Um, mm-hmm. But also be realistic. So, you know, if it's a pound a month, you're losing weight. It's not any big deal, and it's probably going to be. Um, they say like a pound a week is, is the so most that, that, sustainable. That's approach. quite the hard part, though, isn't it, for a lot of people? Because let's face it, a lot of people when they do start on this journey, motivator is to lose weight. So therefore, you know, if they're putting in the work, if they're you know making better decisions with their nutrition, and they're not seeing the pounds drop, you can understand why it's a little bit. Oh, completely, completely. Yeah, I think I, the, the comments I get a lot from people is for the amount of change I have implemented, I don't expect to see greater change in my body composition. What I always have to remind them of is is how many years have they not been that kind to their yeah. body, and uh, you know, there's a but also there's lots of confounding factors. So. The more you focus on this and demand results from your body, the more stressful the experience mm. is. That's going to upregulate stress hormones, which will increase enzymes, which increase fat storage. So you're sort of fighting a bit of a losing battle if you get yeah. quite quite sort of angry and agitated by the whole experience. And we've always said this, the best results we've seen in clients are the ones who've gone, all right, so I eat sweet potato instead of a baguette, right. Uh, okay, so protein every meal, right. Okay, yeah. Okay, not I can have one coffee a day, not five coffees a day. All right, yeah. You know, and it, it just gone, okay, and just sort of got on with it, implemented it as a lifestyle. And then they've gone out with their friends and just had a pizza and a beer and then gone, oh, like back on it Sunday because 
that doesn't agree with me so I'm back on it you know Monday back to eating normally and and training and and you know like just sort of I can't even it's just like a nice even keel with the yeah. whole approach and one of you remember I had a client called Rob and I said to you didn't he he's just like the the perfect example of how everyone should approach training and nutrition that's exactly what he did didn't he he actually didn't even ask me nutrition advice initially he was my personal training client and was just really interested in learning kettlebells and he was so great to teach because he didn't turn up for the session wanting to be beasted he came to the session wanting to learn yeah and then he wanted a program that he could train himself so for me it was a brilliant um you know like coach and and um client relationship because he would then take on board what i said and eventually i was like you're not going to need me because you're doing awesome and that's sort of what you know you should be able to let clients go because mm. you've given them everything they need and then he sort of said i'm off on holidays i think the last bit for me is this nutrition i need to finally give <laughs> that in nutrition malarkey. Give that, he said i'm going to give this paleo a go he was aussie so he loved his beer and he's like i'm going to drop the beer and it was over three to six months and he was easily one of the best transformations i've ever had because he just said you know you've got three months and we did it really slowly with very minimal supplements mainly digestive supplements that was all i could pretty much convince him on is very anti-shakes and protein powders mm. and stuff um and yeah and and to this day he always says i'm i'm, eight, I'm 80 20 like he found his middle ground yeah um i mean his transformation was phenomenal wasn't it, it was yeah and it, what was most amazing about it was that because don't get me wrong like not to take any credit away from anybody that makes positive change but it's obviously far easier to see a difference in someone who's got substantial amount of body fat to lose yeah Whereas Rob didn't have that. He was already in decent shape. Yeah. So to take him from that to ripped yeah. was, was awesome. He, but, but, you know, he was ripped and really strong as well. And not to harp on about this, but he went to yoga every week. Matt. oh here we go so it was heavy bells and then it was yoga you're gonna to want to live in a tree soon <laughs> just um. <laughs> yeah so getting started guys take it in your stride don't get overwhelmed with the information focus on one thing at a time food first plenty of walking once you start feeling better more energized you know you might want to go to a gym or start doing some some body weight training a few times a week you know implement lifestyle changes better sleep some some chill time you know stress reduction and then next thing you know you can combine it all you know good food good solid training good recovery and bosh last point i'd actually make is um probably go for three meals a day and an afternoon snack as well just uh, that's what we've always done on our plans just because there's so much information out there again about fasting and and other funky methods and eating every two hours and bodybuilding style nutrition um we just think the best thing to do initially is um three meals your first one quite soon after waking up if you're going to train aminos when you train as well and so you keep hold of muscle mass and burn body fat but yeah that was the last point i want to make to keep your blood sugar balanced which is incredibly important it is and next question let's go with the questions then so next question first question i was just saying yeah (laughs) um so we had a question from uh lindsay deveru who has been a following fit food for quite some time um we've met her a few times now awesome super strong lady and she had a question about a vegetarian um she actually messaged you this question so yeah so basically she messaged just saying that her new partner was a vegetarian and uh, really sort of into all of the vegetarian i was gonna say um into all the vegetables <laughs> into all the vegetables <laughs> vegetarianism is really like yoga in that you do get some people that you just said like quite obsessed with it and same for vegetarians because i trained at um obviously like college of naturopathy um owner is a vegan so the whole right. thing was very vegetarian and some people were quite mean to me actually it's the building shakes very... like a giant broccoli <laughs> yeah. and he lives in the top 
<laughs> of the broccoli tree house. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Actually, someone did have we had two presentations when I was training about our own diet. I did paleo, but someone did rock up dressed as a broccoli. No lie. What? I know, I know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I should have gone as a cavewoman, like full bikini, and I didn't. Anyway, uh, so her new partner is very into vegetarianism, and uh, what she's uh, asked of us is that is there some recent studies or research? Basically, she's saying, is there any research to say that, that eating meat is good for, um, and actually being a vegetarian is bad for you? <laughs> because I think that's obviously how she would like to persuade her a little bit. Um, and can you point me in the direction of any any um, articles or papers that I could um, you know, present to her? And this is a really, really tricky argument. And the reason... Um, I said to her, I'm going to cover it on the podcast, is because we've done vegetarianism before. Um, one of the best speakers I've seen talk about being a vegetarian is Chris Masterjohn. And the only thing about his work is it's so bloody awesome and brilliant. Like, not many people would read it because it's like pages and pages and pages of words. <laughs> of you, text. Are you all right? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it's a lot. Like, like you would look at it and go, I'm not Is your blood that. sugar stable? Sorry. <laughs> so I'd love to send it there and say, just read his stuff, because it's, it's bloody brilliant. But basically, when it comes to being... You could a, do a cheat sheet. You could do a... Should I be veggie? No, like, on all of his content. Oh, God. Just do a cheat sheet. That would be like doing a... <laughs> that's like doing a research project. It, like, it, he's, the be, he's the biggest, best authority. So he was a vegetarian, I've told right. you about before, and he got yeah. issues with his teeth. And he also had some issues with with obsessive compulsive disorders and panic attacks and they got really bad and someone said to him go and read up on Weston A. Price nutrition you're lacking certain nutrients that are causing these health outcomes he did that and then he started to introduce different animal products back into his nutrition and was a different person what he talks about is some people genetically are much more um predisposed to being vegetarian than others so we've talked before about genetic mutations like SNPs uh, I'm not going to go into massive details, but we've talked about the MTHFR SNP. We do intend to do a bit more about that in future podcasts. But this would mean that you have an upregulated need. So if you're being, if you decide to go vegetarian, um, it's really important that you've got adequate amounts of B vitamins if you've got this MTHFR SNP. So you can see how that that choice of I'm going to go down this diet and I've got this genetic SNP could start to lead to problems. And the problem with vegetarians is you've got good ones, and you've got not so good ones. Mm-hmm. So a not so good one just lives on things like bowls of pasta, bread. Good ones would be the ones that are doing things like um, almost like you're they're sort of taking a, a paleo approach to things a little bit. Uh, Weston A. Price, where they're saying, right, I'm going to have dairy, but it's going to be raw. It's going to be high fats. I need the fats all with vitamins. I'm going to have eggs, but they're going to be pastured. Um, I need omega threes. So you can't really get omega threes from plant foods, but hopefully they're doing. Um, seaweeds would be their only option for it or doing a supplement if they agreed to that um <clears throat> for their omega-3s so um what i was going to say was if the, the, the good vegetarians also would be doing things like soaking their grains a little bit to make the vitamins and minerals more bioavailable um, breaking down the enzymes mm-hmm. so soaking all their quinoa and soaking their oats and things um, and obviously I'd, I'd say eggs and dairy would be really important for them because i mean i mean this is just an observation um you know and don't get me wrong you know i'm, I'm not saying that incredibly healthy because you know that's not necessarily the case but what i'm saying is i've met a ton of vegetarians and vegans who to me look malnourished yeah they don't look healthy yeah but like i said you know i've seen meat eaters that look a little bit worse for wear as well yeah. because again it comes down to you know there are also bad meat eaters that eat 10 tons of other crap and god knows what else so it's yeah. not necessarily just about that argument of pro-meat, anti-meat, whatever. No, no, not at all. But I, 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 like I say, I often see, you know, 
veggies who who I, I think God like you look ill. You you look like you need just a massive hit of nutrients. Well, there was there was a big what Chris Masterjohn debated, which was really interesting. Was he said there's studies that show that vegetarians are more prone to depression and suicide, but he said it's a bit of a chicken and egg in that. Is it because they're lacking the nutrients no, necessary or did they turn vegetarian because they had issues with food in the first place? So do you see what I mean? So they were right, a bit right, okay. prone to depression. Um, so it's, it's a really interesting point. But what he's saying is there's, it's not, there's a, just a, 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 an association there. Charles Poliquin, the strength coach, used to be really rude about vegetarians and said, like, you'll never hear much from vegetarians because most of them didn't make it to a university. <laughs> not enough <laughs> essential fats and omega-3s to actually get a degree, which, you know, that's, the, that's just a blatant attack on it what you have to respect and and mike marler the vegan kettlebell coach really helped me with this is you have to respect people's personal choices and ethical reasons for being vegetarian and the more you try to attack those and change those the more likely you are to just cause offense and they're not going to listen to you Um, but what you should encourage people to do is to educate themselves about sources of nutrients um, making those nutrients bioavailable in the food for example something like um, the common ones would be the B vitamins and vitamin A um, just making sure vegetarians will argue they're getting vitamin A from carrots for example and mm-hmm. squash um, but what you're, they're getting from those foods is beta carotene right. which is a um, basically a, a precursor to vitamin A. Yeah. And you remember Emma Myhill saying that some people genetically, I think it's 50% of the population, can't convert beta carotene into vitamin A. Right. And you get orange hands if you eat a lot of carrots, is one way of looking at it. So, again, this genetic argument is, if they start to get the signs of vitamin A deficiency, um, and one of those is suspect to be those little spots on the back of your tricep, right. um, then it, chances are they might have that genetic snip, and they're going to need to take preformed vitamin A, which you get from animal products. So, right. really, with vegetarianism, it, it's, it's about... All, individ- all nutrition is, is individual and personalised and always should be. Mm-hmm. But what I would say to somebody who's quite passionate about being a vegetarian is to probably go and get some, some advice from a nutritional therapist, a good one, <laughs> um, who can then talk you through how to get the most out of food so that perhaps they don't need to be a meat eater. Um, well, that's the key. Often some turn to be fish eaters and go pescatarian instead. Yeah, I mean, because... Wouldn't you say that you know it's you know like you said you've got to respect people's beliefs hundred yeah. percent you know that goes for everything but then equally you know they need to be able to be completely upfront and honest with themselves and say well actually do I do I feel like I'm thriving as a vegetarian you know do I feel full of energy am I very you know very rarely bloated you know can I train and push myself hard and recover in time am I happy with my body composition etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. You know, which goes for everybody. Yeah. But, you know, so it's all well and good having your beliefs. Yeah. But then, you know, and then it's not necessarily that they shouldn't be a veggie. No. But they could probably be a better veggie. Yeah. So like you, I think a big key step for someone who is vegetarian is to start assessing feedback from their body. So do they have skin problems? Do they have energy problems? Do they have bloating? In which case there's some signs that that style of eating isn't necessarily working. Are they overweight? Yeah. Because they're not... Actually, I, I know two vegetarians personally that put on so much weight when they turn veggie and that's that's quite common. but they were they were bad veggies yeah like it was pasta it's carbs, it's not, cheesy yeah. sauces bread well that's the other yeah. side of it they eat a lot of um of, of like poor quality dairy um i had a friend who was a vegetarian she just lives on basically pizza all the time beans on toast <laughs> 
Oh, lovely. Uh, but yeah, so what I would say is um, just, just, I suppose, um, my advice would be in terms of the science, there's no science to say a meat eating diet is, is good and a vegetarian diet is bad and vice versa. We as humans are omnivores. So we are designed and our digestive systems are designed to eat um, basically meat and um, a variety of plant-based foods as well. Um, and that's, if you just look at the animal kingdom, so if you look at a gorilla, I love this story, but look at a gorilla and they've got these massive guts, haven't they? Because all they eat is plants and they mm-hmm. have to ferment the, 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 basically they ferment the plant foods. And the result of that is that um, it's actually converted into fats in the body. So gorillas are sort of in ketosis, but you know, you never see it. They're just chomping on green yeah. stuff all the time which is amazing but the reason they have these big stomachs is to be able to do that fermentation process there is a chance and same for cows cows have more than one stomach so they can ferment the grass that they're eating and change yeah. and that's how they get their energy source we don't have that yeah obviously so that's why we can't take on huge amounts of just plant-based foods because all that ferments in the gut you'll get a lot of bloating a lot of gas um, a lot of veggies do tend to have that sort of um, you know, lots of digestive issues, basically. We've talked about with MMI Hill because of things like legumes and grains and yeah. stuff. So we are om- omnivores, so I think in a way... Um, but but you can, what you can do is think of it as like a little seesaw and you can tip it towards mainly vegetarian with a little bit of meat. If you really don't want to eat meat, you've just got to do the research and make sure you've got all of your nutrient needs covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially things like iodine that you get from seafood. So I would say take supplemental DHA um, seaweeds, as I've just mentioned. And then you could go the other way where you might want to be mainly meat. You're not a much of a veggie grain person, so you're more like a you know, sort of hardcore paleo. And, and you've just got to assess your body's feedback. Um, and as I was about to say, so look at your skin, your hair, your nails, um, energy, your um, gut health, digestive issues, and, and make a decision on that and play around with it and tweak it a little bit. I think someone posted in um, 365. <laughs> I will stop doing <laughs> that. It's so annoying. Um, someone posted that they had moved on to a predominantly vegetarian <clears throat> diet, hadn't they, after having an injury and then added in, in fish and said they felt the best they'd ever felt, but then worried because they felt, obviously, the paleo argument was so convincing. Yeah. Am I missing out not having meat in my diet? And uh, no, you're not. If you're having um, eggs and dairy and... Um, fish you know all your nutrient needs are covered you can be a really healthy pescatarian um for me personally i think um i did find that just occasionally for some unknown reason i've spoken about this before i just i, I just want to nail a steak like you wouldn't believe and it's normally when, a craving yeah, yeah you wander past with it and i'd like smell it and i'm like oh god give me that and it, it's to me it's just <laughs> <laughs> it just um and a, a lecturer in college <laughs> said the same sounding wrong isn't it uh, a lecturer in college said the same, that she has two steaks a week after being a veggie and her energy levels are transformed by that. No, no, because I, I, I'm like, I mean, what I love anyway. Yeah. But then um, definitely reduced the amount of animal protein. I'm still eating yeah. a good whack, but I've definitely reduced it and I've definitely up my veg co- uh, consumption. Yeah. And I have to say, I do feel better for it. Yeah. Um, it's hard on the digestive system protein can so be like harsh, yeah, yeah if you're having that for breakfast lunch and dinner it can be and we're noticing people aren't really taking time to eat their food properly and protein yeah. is a bit you know it's heavy so uh, i think um you know like i said a compromise in between but i think even the big avid meat eaters really benefit we've definitely found this just from having and from a st- sustainability point of view and the fact that god are we really messing up farming on this planet so I think personally, it still feel, I still have one or two vegetarian meals a day because I have um, 
um, some like vegan protein powders and um, <clears throat> and some salads with just avocado and things like that. So yeah. So what were, you were talking the other week about? Um, what were you saying? Like be, be 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 more like a vegan who eats meat. Oh, so the famous saying, and again, this is from the paleo community: is be more vegetarian than a vegetarian because. Um, people who do paleo do tend to eat more vegetables than vegeta- vegetarians because vegetarians eat a lot of grains and yeah. processed foods and um, crackers of, I don't know, bean crackers, and stuff, yeah, yeah. don't they? So, yeah. And I love that saying. And I think if they have, and this is the final argument, actually, that someone presented to us at a, an academy was we would make more of a statement if we demand better quality, uh, well-reared, um, and 100% grass-fed, um, pastured, pasture-fed meat than being vegetarian because no one, the planet is not going to become vegetarian. So abstaining yourself doesn't really make a difference because everyone else will carry on eating yeah. meat. But if we all create, gather together and create a movement where we demand only meat that's reared well and fish that's farmed a bit more, you know, in a nicer environment and looked after. Um, then we can start to encourage change, you know, like grassroots change. If that's yeah. all we demand and we abstain from rubbish supermarket meat and, you know, factory farm meat, then the food industry will start to listen. So you make a bigger argument actually eating the meat but only eating the good meat. The good stuff. Which I thought was a brilliant point. Well, there's some really awesome like, online meat order companies now that, you know, you can actually do your research on. And if you picked up the phone, give them a call and ask, ask for a bit more info, yeah. they'd be happy to give it. You know, you've got like Paleo Nutrition Wows, the Well Hung Meat Company. Um, who's the other one we came across recently? Um, well, you could do Riverford Organics, Abel and Cole is another one. Yeah. Um, but and, there's loads. There's... But they're more than happy to chat to you. And, mm. you know, there's no harm in doing a little bit of your own research and asking, you know, where, where does this meat come from? Where are those cows reared or the chicken's... What yeah, they fed on yeah, is exactly. a big question. Yeah, their feed. And the, the last <clears> point, I know we've got more points. Famous, famous last the point. The last point, I forgot what I was now. What last point was I going to make? I forgot, now come to me. Anyway. Yeah, we'll move on. on. Cool, yeah, no. So there you go. To be veggie or not to be veggie, that is the question. But um, actually, I'm going to skip to the next question, um, just because we were going to do... Um, a little something on supplements. So somebody had posted recently saying that they had brought some collagen because I'd been posting about it, that I had some, and they wanted to know, they brought it, uh, what to do with it. And um, Matt had a little chuckle and said, no, people aren't supposed to buy these supplements just and then ask what to do with it. They buy it, they should be buying it because they need it. Um, and we are putting together some webinars on um, on supplements in general, but I came across this this week, so I thought... People are often like, I've just bought this, now what do I do? <laughs> what do I do with it? Um, so I came across this, um, I was actually talking to a friend who had the, the what we've just talked about, the chicken skin effect on the back of their triceps, which again, vitamin A deficiency. So spots she, on the back of the arm. And she had said, is this an egg allergy, was her question. Um, and I said no, and I sent this link to Dr. Myhill's website. Um, so just to make it clear, this is not Emma Myhill, this is Myhill spelt M-Y-H-I-L-L. Um, and she's really into gut stuff, and her website's just got some really useful links and resources. Um, but one of the ones I quite like is there's a page on nutritional deficiencies and clinical features. So this is what I was trained in when a client comes in. Can you stick your tongue out? Can you look at your nails? Uh, can you look at, you know, and doing a little bit of an assessment on them. Yeah. Um, and I just thought I'd run through some of it on here because uh, I instantly started to do it on you um, and discovered that you've got an ulcer, which isn't it's like, it could be a sign of being run down or a B vitamin deficiency. I think it's being run down. Being run down. You know, it's been a real lack of sleep of late. Oh, really? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. So I'm going to run through these really, really quickly, and it's probably the last thing we've got time for actually on the podcast. Well, we've stop Gavin then, anyway. right? <laughs> so hands and nails. So everyone should get out their hands now and look at them. If you've got white spots on your nails, could be a zinc deficiency. No. Ridges on your nails, poor blood supply, or again zinc deficiency. No. Uh, soft and brittle nails, mineral deficiency, especially magnesium. I've also seen that link to iodine and thyroid problems right. iodine deficiency uh, brittle bitten nails uh, general mineral deficiencies or is it just that you bite your nails that's a bit of a rubbish one isn't it Sarah um, cold hands magnesium deficiency and again I always think when someone tells me they have cold hands cold feet I look at thyroid hormone health and again B vitamins because circulation isn't very good yeah uh, skin stretch marks could be an indication of zinc deficiency there you go. Uh, follicular hyperkeratosis, which is the, uh, that's uh, rough skin, and that's on the back of the tricep, but also can be on the heels, vitamin A deficiency. Spontaneous hemorrhages, um, that's when you get like the little, you know, the marks on the skin, uh, purple marks. Lack of vitamin C and possibly... Do you, do you really have to go through all of these? There's vitamin, a hell of a lot. Vitamin K. I'm just going to do these two. People are, people are sat at home doing a little assessment on themselves. Dry, scaly skin with hair follicles plugged with coiled, distorted hair and a red halo. God, that's quite complex. Vitamin C deficiency. Yellow palms. This is what I was saying about Emma Myhill's point. Excessive beta carotene. And that means that you've probably got that genetic snip, so you're not yeah. going to be a great vegetarian. Uh, pimply rough skin uh, on the back of the upper arm. So that's the other one there. Uh, again, fatty acid deficiency, possibly omega-3s and vitamin A. Greasy, scaly skin around the nose could be vitamin 2 deficiency and uh, mouth and gums. So this is where we get to you. Pale, fissured tongue could be iron deficiency. So have a look, stick your tongue and make sure it's not pale. Let me have a look at yours. No, you're not, you're not deficient in iron or you shouldn't be. Uh, sore, painful, fissured tongue, B3 deficiency. Burning tongue, lips and peeling of the lips, B2 deficiency. Swollen tongue could be a food intolerance. Gum disease, CoQ10 deficiency and a folic acid deficiency. Bleeding gums, vitamin C deficiency. Uh, I'm just going to do eyes and legs and I'm done. Eyes, cataracts can be cro uh, chromium deficiency or excess free radicals. Um, a blog I wrote this week actually was about how amazing lipocene is uh, and all the carotenoids which you get from fruits and vegetables are for eye health. Um, so get having things like tomato puree and anything ketchup. that's like yeah ketchup anything that's <laughs> orange and red uh, bags or dark rings under the eyes allergies food intolerances and I've also heard heavy metal exposure so if you've got like mercury filling or loads of aluminium cookware that could be a, a factor as well <laughs> blue eyes and premature grey hair B12 deficiency uh, and last one legs tender calf muscles magnesium deficiency brisk knee reflexes magnesium deficiency restless legs Bri what Brisk knee reflexes. Yeah. How does that mean? I don't actually know. Is that when you uh, tap it in it? I don't know. I have to look that one up. Restless legs, mineral deficiency. Uh, oh, I get that a lot. Yeah, you do. Legs. Actually, I tell you who did an amazing article on that was uh, Chris Cresser recently, and he actually put in there um, things like some some that I'd never seen before, uh, like inflammation, just general inflammation. Can you do a cheat sheet on that, please? <laughs> yeah, just condense it. Yeah. All right. There you go. So that's your list. And there is more, but people can go on yeah, and have a look at Dr. Myhill's website. Get in touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give us an email, you the link. <laughs> it's a lot. That is a hell of a long, a long list. Um, so should we just quickly do this last question? 
This one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, we had a, a lovely email from Sarah Petting, who said uh, she loves the podcast, and that was really sweet. And she had two questions. Uh, very quickly, why does uh, spin not count as hit training? I think we'd said that. And one thing I probably have to correct here is it probably depends on the style of teaching. Um, and when she listed what her workout was, it was actually quite, um, it looked very hit based. Um, so I think she was saying that the workout that she does, the class she goes to, is a sprint track where you do 30 to 40 second sprint uh, with a set resistance, 125 RPMs, um, and then a hill climb, and then some sprints again. Uh, it feels very much like HIT. Um, and what I would say is the science that's done on HIT training is very much about um, taking your heart rate up to like 90% and then resting for either half the rest time or same, same as the work time. And then doing this for eight to ten rounds. See, I, I, I would say the other way around. I'd say at least equal to the work rate or double. Why do you always do? Okay, then yeah. Okay, so so you just no. said you just said half the work time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Some people have said to advance it, do that, or you extend the interval time. So if you're doing a thirty-second sprint, take it up to a minute sprint or a, a you know a ninety-second sprint. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah, so equal, so then your rest period equals your work period. Or, or double that. Or double that, right, okay. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, it depends on the intensity of, but yeah. the whole idea with here, it's certainly the way I approach it, is that when you're on your work set, yeah, you're trying to kind of tap into a work rate that you really can't maintain for a substantial for amount of time. Yeah. And if you don't recover long enough, then your, your rate, when you're on again, is just going to keep... Declining, declining yeah. which don't get me wrong it means you're pushing yourself to your max but are you kind of working to the potential that you could have been had you maybe rested a little bit longer yeah i mean this is the thing what i was gonna say with the studies is they say it's like quite hard to gauge with spin anyway yeah. unless you're maybe wearing a heart you know heart, heart rate, rate monitor, monitor or something like that so they do say with hit it's like the best results are generally around eight to ten rounds of that of those intervals um and the problem with HIT training is I think people tend to think like more is better and they mm. start going to like 40 minute HIT classes. But really, like I said, it should just be, as Matt said, those eight or 10 rounds where you're working up to like 90% of your max. And so to gauge that, it's helpful to have things like heart rate monitors, RPMs on a bike and things like that. So what I would say about spin classes, the thing is you're in there normally for about 30 to 40 minutes. So it's probably not sort of following that, that HIT formula, but what you've just described isn't that far off so to my mind if you like it then do it and it mm. can be counted as your interval training um but it's not i don't know I, I'd, I'd do it i'd say it's fine if you enjoy it yeah, but you know it. I, I had this well, conversation with someone the other day in that you know you know like there's a lot of classes out there that get a lot of flack you know things like oh spinning zumba body pump whatever it may be if it gets someone's ass in the gym and they bloody enjoy it, yeah. and they do it consistently, then for me it's happy days. The only and thing I would say is if they're doing... Women get a bit obsessed with spin. I used to be obsessed with spin. And if that's all you're doing, and then you're finding that you're not really seeing any progress, because like you said, you can't really yeah. progress at but spin. That, that's the key, isn't it? Yeah. So what, then, but then are you, you actually it, getting yeah. the desired results that you wanted? Yeah. If not, why not? What needs to change? But yeah. we've said this time and time again, it's normally nutritional change. Yeah. Or if anything, they're probably training a bit too much. Yeah to get the results so we normally reduce training frequency a little bit adapt nutrition slightly and then all of a sudden it's a catalyst for you know for progress again and with the intense stuff wouldn't you say i would say it's almost like the shorter the better 
because then you are going to work. Oh, I know, if, if I'm in a class for 45 minutes, you've got to save a bit. <laughs> you can't do that. Like... Yeah, but but even that aside, like, I think for me, I mean, I love doing, like, for me, like, the classic interval that I'm loving at the minute is the kind of 30 seconds on and then a minute off, uh, like on a treadmill, for example. Yeah. Because in my head, I'm like, 30 seconds, that's, it's tough. But it's doable. But it's doable. Yeah. You know, whereas you, as soon as you start tapping into the 45 seconds... A minute, yeah. You know that that to me is like a bit too high. It's a bit of a a head fook, yeah. You yeah. know, and you can't quite get your head around it. But then, better still, sometimes I'll go even harder. But I'll just do twenty seconds. I'll do twenty seconds on, forty seconds to sixty seconds recovery. But it just means I for that twenty seconds I work at ridiculously high work rate and get up to speeds with a nice solid incline that I just wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And I think, you know, with HIT as well, I think you mentioned it earlier, like RPM, it's so good to have a visual focus in the, if you're doing HIT on a bike, this is why I love equipment for HIT training. Yeah. Because I actually genuinely believe, yeah, you benchmark and you will work at a much higher rate than if you would, if you were outside, for example, on a bike, you know, you can get, get a level, I always say to people, set yourself an RPM target, set a level that allows you to just about maintain above like 110, 120 RPM. You know, and if you if you can't maintain that, chance of the level's a little bit too high. Drop it down a little bit. Have that target so you're consistent with the level intensity. Once you can complete 10 to 12 sets and keep it above that consistently, you think, right, okay, it's time to take it up a peg. You know, you might take it up a level. But with that, you might take it up at a level, initially reduce the time on until you gradually can build up again, increase the time by 10 seconds, work up, etc., etc. Yeah. Last question. Let's get it in. It's an easy one. She also said, "What podcast do we listen to?" I only listen to one other one at the moment. I listen to it. I listen to my own. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> I'm I listen Can to you imagine? Uh, Chris Cresses. That's the only one I've got time for at the moment. So, quite randomly, I actually rarely listen to nutrition training podcasts. I do listen to them. Um, I listen to Phil Learners, I listen to Ben Coomers, I listen to Stigma New, uh, sorry, Sigma Nutrition. Uh, but I'm actually, but that's rare. I actually primarily listen to um, like property investment podcasts at the moment because. Oh, that reminds me. What? Uh, a really cool one is Desert Island Dis. I think I've mentioned it before, but that's a really cool podcast. Oh, yeah, you like I, that, did, don't you? I did when I was taking time out to do like just a bit more enjoyable stuff. The the Michael McIntyre one is is cool. Oh, that is a good it. one actually. Yeah. But yeah, so I listen that's to like cool. property investment podcasts. You know, just hints and tips and success stories and and again, kind of going back to what we spoke about earlier in terms of like maybe like reading a book that isn't in line with what you do. Because yeah. again, it just takes your mind off things and you can be a bit more mindful. So when I'm walking the dog in the woods, got like a property podcast going on and just just forget about work for a moment. So that's that's that. Cool. All awesome. Done. Nice one, Keris. Good work. <laughs> Dinner time. Yeah. Wonderful. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, yeah, keep the you. questions coming in um, because it does make the podcasts. Um, as always, do leave a review. Um, only if you enjoyed it. If you didn't, uh, just keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, subscribe and share away. And we will see you in episode number 58. Bye bye. See ya.